0: Everybody to Zeta Global Radio. I am your host, Lainey Savante Walken, here today to shed some light on a topic that invokes uh, in all of us that moment of what do I do in my life, and it's the subject of fear, and so much of us have it, so much of us want it to go away, so many of us have come to the table with circumstances in our lives that have undoubtedly and rightfully so caused fear. But it's really for us now is to look at why we have fear in our lives. Where did it stem from? How can we release it? How can we get past the obstacle of fear? And. Bring us back more into the direction of love, joy, peace, and self-worth. These are all topics that I know all of us have experienced one time or another, some more chronically than others, but we all are one in this journey. And if we can provide a show here today and an example of a beautiful being who has been there, done that, modeled it, and continues to help others through her own experiences, then we have all come into One Accord right now to bring forward a gift for all of us to see what we can take away from the show today, see how it applies to us, and have that opportunity to expand further into the knowing that we can live a fear-free life. So sit back have a cup of tea, have a a cup of coffee, light some incense, and really just be with us today as we share story with my beautiful guest, Victoria Reynolds, who is an extraordinary being. She's a thought leader on the subject of fear-based beliefs. Uh, She has an extraordinary background, which she's going to talk about today, coming from the world of cults. Uh, She was actually born into a fundamentalist cult, which resulted in religious, physical, emotional, and sexual abuse from her family and the peers and everyone that she uh, would really seek to learn from. So she has emerged now uh, through that childhood experience into a prolific writer, uh, healer, speaker, author, and advisor. So without further uh, ado, I I know I say that a lot, but it's just, I really want to honor this incredibly brave woman on top of everything, and I love her, I just absolutely love her. So Victoria, welcome to the show, it's so good to have you here.
1: Yeah, we've been talking about it for a few years. Thank you so much. I'm really delighted to be here, and hopefully the words that I speak can help other people who are facing similar issues and wanting to get, um, dig a little bit deeper into their fear-based beliefs.
0: Well, I think we should start off the show just letting people know that we are creating a very safe container here, And, and I really want to acknowledge that What we're sharing today may be uneasy for some and um, familiar, actually, to others. And whatever we share, we share it in the oneness of knowing that we're here to move humanity forward.
1: That's beautiful. Yeah, I think it's really important to understand that I'm approaching this from a space of um, non-judgment because this was my personal experience. From the perspective of spirit, from unconditional love's perspective, there really isn't any judgment about any of it. We kind of make those judgments up ourselves. So I really try to approach all this from a space of unconditional love and acceptance.
0: Fantastic. And and I think we'll talk on that more and more as you go along about judgment because that's so, wouldn't you say that's the partner in crime with fear? Very much so, yeah. Yes, so... When we talk today about these issues, we talk about shame, everything that comes up, as I said earlier, we've all experienced it. So let's get into your story. Let's talk about what um, has brought you forward to share who you are now in this platform. I read your manuscript that you emailed me and I was immediately drawn into your story. Uh, of your childhood and the way you wrote it by the way you're an absolutely brilliant writer and and I already know that this is going to be a movie one day so just seeing how you wrote you immediately engaged the reader into the world of what you were experiencing when you went back to visit your mother. So I'm going to let you start where you want to start, but I just wanted to acknowledge that I was really touched by the way you explain who you are in your writing. Okay. Well,
1: very briefly, I was born into a polygamist cult. Um, That in itself tends to get a lot of people's eyes open because they're curious what that even means. So, but just to put it right out up front, yes, I grew up in a cult where the core belief was that men can't go to heaven unless they have at least three wives, and women can't go to heaven unless they let their husbands have at least three wives. So polygamy was the core basis of the entire group that I grew up in. And that another one of the beliefs that was that children needed to be brought to God by whatever means necessary. So in that was a lot of coercion and abuse. I was raised with a very narcissistic, very conditionally loving God, and in an environment that was very conditional as well. Uh, they talked about love, but love was very conditional, it was very fear-based. And it took me a very long time to start to understand that this was a religion that was based in fear, not love, but it was sold as love. So. I tend to call that love, uh, fear disguised as love.
0: So when you say that it was uh, a cult, what, what identifies it as a cult versus uh, a specific religious practice?
1: Well, there are actually 10 different distinctions that create, that are categories of what defines a cult. So I've actually done a lot of work, work on, on and research on this. Um, some of the characteristics that define a cult is that it is a closed community, so the only people that were allowed to live in our community were people with that same belief and those same practices. Um, it was it didn't have walls around it, but it was energetically closed. It was an invitation-only community. Um, one of the other definitions of it is that there's one person who leads the entire thing, and they are the their way is the only way. And um, Typically, cults are very coercive in nature in that you have to do things their way. And we were precluded from leaving the community for education or for even for shopping. Lot, you know, my mom didn't drive. Women didn't drive. Kids really weren't allowed to experience the outside world. We were even told, what well, holidays we could worship, um, we could celebrate and uh, how to dress, all of that was very was very self-contained, as opposed to a religion, which is much more free. Now, there are belief systems that are contained within a particular church, but you live out in the general public, and your life is much more open.
0: Do, are you one of many siblings as a result of this upbringing? I have 15 siblings. Wow, okay. All right, we'll be back in a moment the Sun, Wheel of Fortune, High Priestess, or the Hangman. If you're one of the thousands of tarot enthusiasts out there, you know these are just a few of the major arcana in a tarot deck, also known as cartomancy. Reading a tarot, Lenormand, Kipper, and Oracle decks are as popular as they ever were and even becoming more mainstream in today's modern world. We now invite you to delve further into this ancient practice by reading our quarterly printed magazine called The Cartomancer. Filled with interviews, product reviews, in-depth articles and art, the Cartomancer has something for everyone, from beginner to professional. Our subscription-only magazine can be found at thecartomancer.com. And right now, we're offering ZGR listeners a special sneak peek at one of our digital issues. Just log on to thecartomancer.com ZGR, all caps, and enjoy a copy today.
2: Welcome to the Natural Awakenings New Mexico September Yoga and Graceful Aging Issue. This month, international yogi Rodney Yee leads the way with his strategies about staying on track, plus we highlight local yoga studios who are sharing their philosophies, workshops, and classes. Our feature article was about ways of graceful aging, supported by Dr. Joan Borisenko, a pioneer in the field of integrative medicine who gives practical, healthy lifestyle advice mystical scholar and spiritual teacher Andrew Harvey shares his passionate thoughts on what it takes to be a conscious elder in addition an exclusive interview with Malika Chopra about a path to intent wisdom healing Qigong flotation tanks and many local news pieces and events pick up your free copy now for guidance on marketing your business and a cost effective way to reach thousands of readers please email publisher at naturalawakeningsnnm.com or call Andrea at 505-999-1319
3: Welcome back to Zeta Global Radio. Thank you so much for being here today. If you're just tuning in, we were on the edge of our seat, or maybe we weren't, but we were actually just hearing Victoria Reynolds' story, her story of her upbringing in a polygamous cult, uh, having 15 siblings, um, experienced abuse, and we could spend a whole show talking about that. uh, But I think that's not what we're here to do. We're here to know that As a result of what appears obviously is a traumatic upbringing, it led you to where you are today. So why don't we just at this point flash forward from that upbringing, maybe if you want to just let people know how you were able to leave that environment, and then really I want to spend the day talking about As a result of your upbringing, what you did through your life to journey through your own healing and recovery and learn to be able to now share those um, abilities to heal heal other people with fears in their life. How's that? That sounds great.
1: Beautiful. So as I um, mentioned, there was this, uh, it was a very patriarchal environment where men ran the whole show. And... Uh, You know, in the book that I'm writing, I talk about some of the beliefs that actually propagated that, uh, and it's all based on biblical teachings that um, women aren't supposed to be educated and women aren't supposed to have an opinion. And because of that, I was very limited to um, an experience that was very carefully crafted, by my parents, and by this belief system. Um, And there was a lot of abuse involved in that, and because men had so much power over women, there was a lot of sexual abuse as well. Mm -hmm. And um, as a result of that environment, uh, growing up with very, very little awareness um, about myself, about people, about culture education, all of that. I was very, I always say when I left home, I had the, the cultural awareness of a four-year-old. really had no idea what was out there. Um, and as a result of growing up the way that I did, I experienced a lot of bullying and sexual assault, um, physical, emotional abuse in high school, and I ended up being raped and uh, physically assaulted by other students. And I'd gotten to the point where I was in a continual battle with suicide. I was obsessed with trying to figure out how to kill myself. And um, I just never... I would always... I I fantasized about it. Not really obsessed, but fantasized about it a lot for a couple of years. And I ended up dropping out of high school because I couldn't take the peer pressure and the abuse that I was experiencing there. And... There was a day that I was standing on the edge of a cliff and I decided it was the day that I was just tired and I was going to end my life. And um, a little voice inside of me said, what if? What if there's something better out there? What if there's a different way out? What if they're right and you end up in hell for eternity? <laughs> I'm kind of glad now she said that to me. And mm. I, it was just enough to spark a glimmer of hope that i could hold out and what happened was not long after that a friend of mine had called me who lived in utah she had um another story her parents abandoned her and left her at this cult that i grew up in just assuming somebody would you know she'd marry someone um kids were more commodities they weren't really treasured and especially girls she had left as um I think she was about 17 as well. I was 17 when I left home. And she said, if you can find a ride to Utah, I have a place where you can stay. And so what happened not long after that is another friend's dad committed suicide. And uh, I got out with uh, some relatives of his who had come to Montana for his funeral. This, the call that I grew up in was in Montana. And that was how I left. I just got in my car with a brown paper bag full of personal things and left and went to Utah with no money, no education, no life skills, no idea what I was doing. But I'd always had a really strong inner sense that I would be okay. I I, I was really rebellious, (laughs) is what they called me when I was little. Rebellious and and free-spirited and too strong-willed and that I needed to be broken that was one of the terms I heard a lot that I needed to be broken and um,
3: powerful spirit like trying to get out and emerge
1: yeah yeah and I really felt broken for a long time until until I started writing this book transcending fear that I wrote was about kind of putting the pieces of myself back together and that that people that parents would intentionally break their children is really sad.
3: hmm No doubt. They, uh, I think, as you know, were, we're formed by our childhood and what happens. I mean, isn't that truly the basis, really, that forms who we are? Mm-hmm.
1: And what was really interesting, though, is there was a part of me when I was really young that didn't ever quite buy into what they were trying to feed me. I never quite quite believed it and it wasn't until just a couple of years ago that I really understood what that was. Um, When I was four years old I saw I found a magazine of these women who didn't look anything like the women I grew up in and I said someday I want to look like them. (laughs) Some of them were wearing pants if you can imagine that Um, because we weren't allowed to wear pants because pants made men think things Um, and of course you know in that environment women are responsible for men's behavior. Um so I left home and I put myself in college not because I had ever been taught that it offered me a better life. I did it purely because my dad told me over his dead body would any daughter of his ever go to college and I basically said, F that, I'm going to college <laughs>
2: So that would
1: give you an idea of my personality. <laughs> you.: wow. like If they wanted me to do it, I was going to do exactly the opposite. Um, so
3: how, and, how old were you when you left this? I just want to bring it
1: current to... I was 17 when, you, when I left.
3: Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Okay.
1: So and then, so I actually had to have someone else sign my college papers because I was too young. I wasn't even 18. And so I had to find someone who would be my official guardian to sign my college papers for me so I could get into school.
3: And did you have to do a GED or anything to, to show diplomacy from high school? Yeah, I did have to get a GED, yeah. Okay, Okay. great. And then let's just forward it a little bit now. From there, did you end up getting therapy? Did you, I mean, how do you even deconstruct the brainwashing that you experienced? You know,
1: this was the 1980s, so to give everybody an idea of how old I am. Um, therapy was actually not available at the time. Okay. It was not considered real medicine. You know, they were called shrinks, if you recall. Yeah. And I was so afraid of telling anyone what was going on inside my head because I thought they'd put me in a mental institution. I thought I was completely insane because I was still... I, I knew there was something wrong with me. I was intuitive enough to know that there was something really wrong with me. And... I thought I was crazy, and um, so I just didn't tell anyone what was going on inside my head. I was very what I know what I know now, looking back was that I was um, trying to find myself with drugs and alcohol and food and sex and anything to make me feel better for a few minutes and Uh, I think one of the things, I have to tell you one thing that really frustrated me when I was young and I was doing all of these things was I heard a woman say, oh, you know, kids, they leave these strict environments. The first thing they do is go off and try everything. And I really wanted to just say something and say, but that's not why I'm doing it. I'm not doing it because I want to try everything. I'm doing it because I'm trying to find something that makes me feel better about myself
3: hmm It's interesting. When I am hearing you tell me these stories, I, I don't hear fear. I hear bravery that you just had this inner pull, this inner knowing of the strength that you have even back then. And I'm sure there's obviously many, many stories where you had fear, but it's sounding, I'm hearing so much strength from the get-go.
1: Well, it's interesting because looking back, I actually had someone else need to point that out for me because all, I, all that I saw was me running away, running these patterns of running away. Um, looking back, I see those patterns of running away as a, as a real strong sense of... Uh, I, I saw it as adventure. I had, anyway, I had a perception of all being based in fear when it was really self-protection. Mm -hmm. And self-protection stems from love. But I didn't know that because I had always been taught that any relationship I had with myself, if I loved myself even at all, it was a bad thing. Mm -hmm. So I had no concept at all of self-protection, self-preservation, self-respect, self-honor, self-love, self-forgiveness, any of that that has to do with developing a relationship with yourself was was considered evil. So... Mm -hmm my perspective has had to shift over the years from fear to love and then looking back i can see wow i had a really strong will to live a really strong um desire to make a better life for myself even though i didn't know that's what it was i just saw it as running away Um, actually i can't say that because when i first left home someone told me i ran away from home and i said no i didn't i was just done (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. I left. I didn't even know I was running away from home. I didn't know it was illegal to leave home at seventeen. I just decided I was done uh, okay. until someone else pointed it out to me. But yeah, it took me a while to understand that what I thought was quitting and running away was actually
3: courage. Beautiful. We're going to take a quick break when we come back. More with Victoria Reynolds. You're listening to State of Global Radio. Have you always wanted to learn how to meditate but don't know what
0: to do with all the thinking? Do you wish you knew how to transcend the negative voices of your perfectionism, procrastination, anxiety, and critical self-talk? Do you have a creative project in mind but don't know where or how to start or are lacking inspiration? Spiritual and creativity coach Hallie Bourne with over 25 years of experience can support you in finding more productive ways to care for your sensitive soul and your need to create. Unveil the ways your ego is sabotaging you and reorient towards your strengths to disempower your weaknesses. Turn your creativity into a spiritual path that infuses your life with meaning and fulfillment. Visit Hallie's website at hallieborn.com or call for a consultation at 505-249-4981 and get started with your inspired life today. Nourish Yourself, Mind, Body, and Soul at Southwest Florida's premier collective of therapists and healers at Escape to Paradise and Trice Massage Therapy, a sacred and nurturing spa to relax and rejuvenate your spirit. Receive a holistic healing facial, detoxifying body wrap, Reiki treatment, or choose from a variety of massage therapies to replenish, revitalize, and renew your body into total wellness. By appointment only and located just over the bridge at 1718 Cape Coral Parkway, see their Facebook specials online today and visit their full menu of services to book an escape asparadise.skincaretherapy.net. Hi everyone, Lainey Savante, welcome here. Join me on September 23rd as I'll have a booth at Spirit University's 3rd Annual Mystical Bazaar, taking place from 11 to 5 in Sarasota, Florida. Join us for a magical day of mystical connections and experiences. There'll be lectures, live performances, roving entertainers, and an entire marketplace of vendors, psychic readers, healers, tarot crystals, jewelry, and so much more. I cannot wait. Tickets are only $5 and can be purchased at mysticalbazaar 2017com Look forward to seeing you there. Welcome back to ZGR. Thank you so much for tuning in here today. If you saw our headlines about this show, we talked about fear. We're talking about circumstance. We're tr- talking about all the things that we probably don't want to talk about. Self-worth, shame, judgment, and we're hearing it through the eyes of Victoria Reynolds, who is a credible author, uh, a guide to many who help break through the fears and through her life. So, where we left off in this incredible story, uh, you are now a teenager finding your way. So, take it from there and bring us bring us full forward. Well, what happened
1: after I left home, and you know I mentioned in the last segment that i I thought I was sort of insane and very, very depressed. I still thought about suicide all the time, and every time I thought about it, I would just eat. that was my way of dealing with my internal suffering and uh, then what happened is I took a class in college sociology one o one and they I was introduced to this idea that who I was was a result of my childhood. Now, for me, what other people would get upset and blame their parents and all of that, for me, that was a light bulb that said, oh my gosh, that explains everything. And if I can get this messed up from my childhood, that means I can somehow fix it. Somehow I knew inside of me that I was fixable. And I didn't learn that in this sociology class. It was just you know, there's this whole blame thing—blame your parents for the reason you're messed up—and there were a lot of people who were playing this blame game. And what I saw was that, wow, I can actually fix it.
0: Wow, bravo! A friend
1: of mine introduced me to a center for spiritual living, and at the time, they were called the Church of—it was called the Church of Religious Science. I remember going one time. My friend said, "I want to go to church with me," and I said, oh, "The last thing I want to do is go to church." Like at this point, I was practically an atheist. And um, but I went to this center for spiritual living, and the minister said. I was the one that created my life and that I could change it. And I had never heard that before. I I had no idea that I had any control at all in the creation of my life because I had always been told that God had it all planned out for me. And I was basically screwed because I left my religion. I was already doomed to hell. And that opened up an entire world of possibility for me. And in this spiritual center, they had a a bookstore like these spiritual centers all do now and it was all of these self help books and I started reading self-help books and for the next five years I call it self therapy I didn't actually ever go into a therapist's office and therapy wasn't really available because it wasn't considered real medicine and only movie stars and people who were really messed up got therapy um, so I self-therapied and i read every self-help book i could get my hands on and i told myself that someday i would write a book for other people to help them get through it wow i did About 25 years later, and I had completely forgotten about that commitment that I'd made to myself 25 years earlier until I saw Wayne Dyer on stage, who was one of the people whose books I had read in my early 20s, and it reminded me of that commitment that I had made 25 years earlier, that I wanted to give to other people what people like Wayne Dyer had done for me.
0: What a beautiful man. Do you, what was your first book, by the way?
1: Codependent No More.
0: Is that still available?
1: I don't know if it is, but I remember reading it and going, "Oh my gosh, this explained so much." It explained so much about why I was the way that I was. I, it really explained that the reason I I needed people so badly was because I needed to take care of other people to make me feel better about myself.
0: That is a very common trait people do when you over nurture, enable, overextend, give from you know. Give to the point where you're the one suffering. Those are just such common, common traits. I think all of us have been there one time or another.
1: Yeah, and then it's justified. That, that suffering is justified by wanting to continually sacrifice ourselves for other people. That self-sacrifice is really incredibly damaging for the human esteem. Um, and it's, it's based in that codependency. So anyway, flash forward... I ended up becoming an entrepreneur. I started several companies, very successful companies that brought in a nice, healthy six-figure income for me. Um, eventually, I therapied myself enough till I got to the point where I felt good enough about myself to meet someone. <laughs> it's, I had made, actually, a commitment to myself at one point that I would do no dating of any kind until I f- fixed myself.
3: Mm, yeah. So...
1: Um, I met my husband when I was 27, um, got married when I was 30 and we just celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary a couple of weeks ago.
0: Congratulations.
1: This hasn't always been perfect, <laughs> you know, especially once kids got added to the mix, things got really interesting.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. I know that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When we created this really amazing life living on the beach in Southern California and we were very successful. Financially, had a couple of very um, successful businesses that we sold and then started other businesses. And then I had my midlife transition, which is what other people would call a midlife crisis. I now mm-hmm. call it my midlife rebirth, because mm-hmm. what happened in that midlife rebirth is that I rediscovered myself. Mm-hmm. And what was really interesting is that in that process of, trying to figure out what do I want to be when I grow up again, um, I discovered that a lot of the beliefs from my childhood were still subconsciously affecting me as an adult.
0: Yes. But now you have a better capacity to understand them and quickly clear them or at least process through them, yes?
1: Correct. So processing through them was much faster than at 45 than it was at 25 because I already had the tools to work through it. Um, about bringing those beliefs to the surface and actually being able to look at them and process them in a way that my inner therapist taught me how to process them. So that's what the book Transcending Fear is, is really what my inner therapist taught me, how to process these beliefs.
0: And this is what you share with others as best practices. I mean, is there a common, you know, step one, step two, or is it individual, or there are universal uh, practices, or just tell us a little bit more about it.
1: In Transcending Fear, there are six steps, um, which includes a seventh step, and I actually call them principles instead of steps okay. in Transcending Fear, because what I've come to discover is that steps are kind of like just taking steps. Principles are actually values that you live by.
0: Mm-hmm. You embody them. Yeah.
1: So this is about really embodying these principles in your life, and you can actually change your cellular makeup by embodying them. For example, the, the first step or the first principle is to begin with gratitude. It's a standard um, spiritual principle that people talk about. I didn't never considered it spirituality. It's the gratitude. I, I call them grounded spiritual principles because they're m- more energetic principles than anything, and I use spirituality and energy kind of simultaneously um, it's because I'm still not a religious person. To me, it's the religion and spirituality are two very different things. So... In that first principle of gratitude, it was learning how to be grateful for the story.
0: Are you grateful for what you learned and how you learned it, or at least able to forgive it? I'm sure that's one of them.
1: When I talk about fear-based beliefs, what's important to understand is that fear-based beliefs don't look like fear. They're much more subtle than fear. And you actually have to start analyzing them to get to the root of, oh, that is fear. So, for example, shame is a fear-based belief. If there's anything in your life that you are ashamed of, it's because there's a fear attached to your perception of it. So fear is um, shame is a fear-based belief.
0: And the processes in the book, Overcoming Fear, do those help you get through those?
1: Yeah, it's, it's all universal principles. It's how I pl- apply them to my own story. So I talk about guilt and shame and resentment and judgment and... Um, Justification is another fear based belief the need to justify actions uh, so the, the're, what it's the way that that book is written is that it's written from the perspective of my own inner therapist. So what happened when I was going through this midlife transition is I would start having these ahas, and I had notebooks everywhere, and I'd be in the shower, and I'd jump out, you know, wet, scribbly hand, and (laughs) write something, That uh, these ahas that I had in the shower, and ended up compiling them into this book. It actually wasn't a book when I started writing it. It was my own personal therapy. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And then I realized when I was finished with it, I went, wow, this could actually be really helpful for other people.
0: So we're really looking at your journal. (laughs) But applying it to our own lives, yes, <laughs> in a sense, yes. But there's
1: a story about how, I, where exactly the the idea came to me. I, I just is like I turned on the inner therapist, which I also now call her my muse or my higher self. I have different names for it, but it's like that inner voice. I turn it on, and now I can't turn it off because it's always speaking to me. And what I discovered is the same voice that kept me from jumping off the cliff.
0: Oh, beautiful. I'm glad you did circle back on that. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment with Victoria Reynolds. Hi everyone, Lainey savante Walken here, and I wanted to share with you a little bit about a female networking group that I've been involved with for many years now. And if you've been looking to connect with other fellow women owners and executives, both locally in your city or across the country, please consider Femme City. It is an incredible network founded by Violet Day Ayala. They have over 100,000 women with chapters in most major cities nationwide in Canada. FemCity City focuses on growing all of our businesses. It's an incredible, vast network for and by members who are experts in health and wellness, spiritual, cultural and lifestyle, financial, corporate fields, media, so much more. Business for your soul is the tagline. It's just incredible. I love it. I know you'll love it. I'm a Global Lifetime member. I hope you check it out. Visit them today at femcity.com and learn how you can become part of an organization that continues to soar and expand so you can too.
2: Spiritual Communities Network where we honor the uniqueness in our oneness. Visit our website to meet our vast spiritual community of healers, therapists, conscious events, and activities. Visit and check out our directory, upcoming retreats, workshops, products, free videos, and much more. Many services are available globally by phone, Skype, and other sources of media. You'll also find more information on how you can be a member to promote the work you're doing in the world. Visit us now at spiritualcommunitiesnetwork.com.
0: Welcome back to Zeta Global Radio. Thank you so much for being here today. We're so grateful for you, Victoria. Really sharing your story—a very unique story—and in some circles, and and unfortunately common in others. We've had other guests on the show who've talked about uh, satanic cults and, and childhood abuse in that respect. Rebecca Baines went on um, the show last year and gave her story. So obviously, this is this is not as unique as we think. But to wrap up the story of you, we're here for you to share with our audience at least bring us up to, to date where things went with your parents to complete sort of the cycle of from where they were, where you were with them growing up to where you are as an adult now yourself with your own children.
1: Thank you for asking me that. I um it was interesting when I first left home I really Actually, I hated my parents. I hated my dad mostly. Um, I never had a close relationship with my parents. My mom was more like a caretaker. But what happened when I started reading myself books and they started talking about forgiveness and that the only way I could get past my, my story was to forgive my, the people who had hurt me. And I did that. I went on kind of a forgiveness spree in my early 20s and I sat down with my parents and I forgave them for raising me the way they did and for the experiences that I had growing up. And they were kind of confused by that because they said, well, we don't understand what we need to be forgiven for. But Unfortunately, they didn't get angry, which I was kind of expecting, you know, this lashing back out self-judgment about how, you know, their way is the only way. What my dad said to me, he said, you know, we did the very best we could. And that really opened up my eyes to understand that every human being is, really doing the very best they can so I was able to heal that relationship we just came to the point where we agreed to disagree and whenever my parents would bring up religion I would just say you know what let's not go there you really don't want to go there with me
0: it's like me and my mom with politics
3: <laughs>
1: you know, there's like they think like they say a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still so why even bother trying to convince otherwise oh I never had a a real relationship with them even years after i left home i'd call home once in a while just to see what was going on you know family gossip curious what everybody else was up to but uh, my parents have both passed away my my mom died about 15 16 years ago 2000 Mm. uh, well 17 years ago Mm. and then my dad died about 10 years ago and what that really did for me is that it it Opened up more freedom for me to be able to speak my truth because there was a part of me that was really holding back, not wanting to hurt my parents' feelings. Although they knew I was writing a book, and I had sent the first chapter to my dad to read um, because I wanted his, and he clarified the story for me. So the chapter that's about my parents, my parents actually, my dad actually did review and clarify and approve.
3: Wow,
0: that's incredible.
1: Yeah, he knows that he's the villain in the story. And he was okay with that because we did come to resolution about that.
0: That's incredible. That, I mean, talk about overcoming fears and uh, a healing process. And also through you being able to see through their eyes. You know, so many of us don't put that if the shoe were on the other side or how how can somebody do that? Well, if they don't even have the consciousness it, you know, that's the first thing is they may not even have the consciousness. So it's easier to forgive when they know not what they do. Is the community, is the community still alive and well? Did it disband? Or is this, uh, you know, tell us more. Is this cult, uh, still in existence?
1: It is still alive and well. I have a sister, my oldest sister still lives there. She's a polygamist and her kids are, I think some of her kids still live there. She's, a grandparent now. And um, yeah, the community's still there. The last, I haven't been back there since my dad's funeral and all my girlfriends that I grew up with were still there and they were already grandparents and I was back there with a brand new newborn baby of my own and they were all grandmothers. Wow. Which was kind of, kind of I don't know, that was kind of interesting. So I, started, I started my own family when most people are ending theirs. Um, but what I can say is that I'm so glad I waited until my late 30s to have kids because it gave me so much more wisdom to work with and it gave me the ability to analyze the way I was raised rather than parenting by default. And uh, So one of the things I teach is conscious parenting. It is so much more work to consciously parent your children and at the same time so much more rewarding. I have really amazing kids.
0: I'm in a thousand percent agreement with you. I also had my uh, daughters in my 30s, uh, early and late. So I'm with you entirely with that. So now that you have a whole wonderful plethora amount of experiences. What are you doing now? I know you're are you you're writing a new book and I know you're coaching and I know you love to teach. So, how can people who have been through tra- traumatic experiences spend time with you now that you have such a, a wealth of information that you can impart to others?
1: Well, you can find me on my website, it's com, And I do one-on-one coaching. Um, actually, I prefer to call it one-on-one counseling. Okay. Uh, it's a little bit different in that a coach kind of coaches tend to have a process that they put people through, and when I'm counseling someone, it's more on what issues they're currently facing. I'm also very intuitive, so I work with individuals with their own inner therapist and their own higher self that tells me what it is they need to hear, which is really interesting. Um, I have what I call, what I I lovingly call it x-ray vision. <laughs> I kind of have the ability to see inside of people what it is that they need help with. Um, that's another gift I didn't know I had until a couple of years ago, and it kind of freaked me out when I found out I had it. And that's the ability to communicate with non-physical energies and with other people's um,
0: energetic selves. Mm. So I
1: apply that to my counseling when I'm working with my clients.
0: Do you have any workshops that you do where people can, I mean, do you do, do group settings or is it more the one-on-one right now?
1: You know, I do group settings when they're available. I I primarily have been doing one-on-one. But mean, I really, well, it's interesting. So I've been thinking, how can I take this to a bigger scale? Because one-on-one, although I love it and I love really deeply connecting with people and I think that will always be there. I'm really feeling the call to do something bigger. The one-on-one has been great for me while my kids were small, but um, my daughter is in high school and my son's in middle school, and I'm starting to really feel compelled to do something
0: bigger. Mm. It's probably why you're here. (laughs) Of course it is,
1: yeah. I look back on my story, and I'm actually really grateful for my story because I know that I planted myself there for a reason. I planted myself in that environment so that I can teach what it is I'm here to teach.
0: Well, I really encourage you, and actually I encourage uh, everybody who's listening, if you haven't gone to our new Facebook group, Zeta Global Radio's Deeper Dive into Consciousness, we are having a ball in there, and we're also really connecting with the guests who come on our show, and Victoria's in there, and if people want to learn more, ask more, talk more after you've heard our show... You can certainly go in there. It's a closed group, but we're certainly happy to have you. And maybe you'll find some people out there who want to create a teleclass and have you teach on a global perspective with a bigger audience because it seems obvious that that is the next step in your journey. And we're certainly here happy to support that for you, Victoria.
1: Oh, thank you. I think it's actually bigger than teleclasses, but I'll just share that with you later.
0: <laughs> well, we've talked about movies and, you know, biopics of your life, so I know you're on the trajectory for something enormous. There's no doubt there. I see that in my own intuitive reading for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, but teleclasses are great. I, I really just, I love teaching without any kind of Agenda. I don't know if you know, not not, not like there isn't a pre-written agenda because it's always good to know what it is you're talking about, but Mm an agenda with regards to why am I teaching, which tends to be really common in the coaching industry, which is one of the reasons I don't really call myself a coach because I don't have an agenda to sell anything to someone. I love that. So Mm -hmm. my role isn't to tell people what to think. It's to teach them how to think for themselves. Mm, Beautiful.
0: Well, I think that you modeling that for yourself allows other people to know it's safe to do it for them. Yeah.
1: And I think that's what—that's—that's a real concern a lot of people have is not feeling safe to follow their own path and to really trust their own truth.
0: So are the days of feeling suicidal over?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had some of those when I was going through my midlife crisis. And the only reason that uh, what really stopped me was that I wouldn't leave my kids. My, my kids are my lifesavers. And they're my mm-hmm. biggest teachers, and they are extraordinary human beings, and I feel so incredibly grateful that, that I get to be their mom mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm, uh, they have been probably the greatest spurf of growth for me. I look at them, and it causes me to kind of think, why am, why am I being triggered by their actions? I'm always looking at what the triggers are inside of me that's upsetting me because <laughs> it's, it's never what they do. It's always how I'm experiencing what it is that they
0: do. That's a great point, and and just like you chose your parents, your children chose you and your hubby, and we have to remember that too, that everything is divinely, I believe, everything is divinely orchestrated, and we're walking our paths perfectly for us. No matter what it looks like, there are always some wonderful uh wonderful journeys on the other side of it
1: yeah and it's hard when you're walking through it but when you go on the other side and look back and say oh okay got it that's what i can get out of this yeah it's always an opportunity for growth all of it really exists for nothing more than an opportunity for growth and that's i think where a lot of people get stuck in judgment and not understanding that the entire purpose for experiencing the human experience
0: is for growth amen Thank you so much for being here today and sharing your story. I know there's so much more to it. And we look forward to having you back here as more of your journey unfolds. And we could be, we could be part of that. Should we have everybody just go to victoriareynolds.com? Is it that easy?
1: It is that easy. Don't Google yeah. Victoria Reynolds. You'll get somebody who draws really creepy pictures of me. But if you go to victoriareynolds.com, you'll go straight to me.
0: Well, I'll go ahead and sh- share your link as well on our Facebook page and all of our social media. Again, thank you so much for being here. And listeners, thank you so much for listening in and feeling that next step in you that felt brave enough to overcome your fears and, and listen to something that may hit home directly to you. So we appreciate you uh, being here and being called to share time with Victoria and I. And uh, I wish you an incredible week full of healing and love and safety and self-worth and joy. And please share this wonderful podcast with all those you know and care about who may be experiencing some of the things that we talked about here today. The show will be up for one week, and then it goes into our archives. You're listening to Zeta Global Radio. We wish you a blessed week. Take care.